I'm excited about what this holiday represents, what it means. I'm Again, I'm excited that you chose to come together and we could worship together. It really does brighten my day when we can come together. There's something so powerful, and I pray the Holy Spirit helps me in the future to articulate it better and better as we go. But I think there's so much power in the assembly when we come together. And, and we're in one mind and one accord, right? You think of the day of Pentecost and what that does. There's power when we come together and we celebrate the birth of Jesus. What it means to us. And you'll see, you can get your Bibles ready. We're going to be in, in John this morning. I appreciate that Pastor Josh started us off in Luke. I am very excited that we got to read the Christmas story there. Which frees me up to read in John. But as we get into this, and I won't be long, and we're going to spend time really just, if nothing else, I want you to, to think more than listen. I want the Spirit to speak to you and you to hear what the Spirit says through the Scripture and through our time together. Uh, but I've got this titled, Light in the Night. Because if you think, if you were to be in Matthew, you know, the last prophet we have in our Bible is, is Malachi. You flip that page and it's just a quick two-second thing for us. But that's a 400-year span of darkness where God didn't speak. They were they felt alone. They were it was it was void. It was night in the 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 saddest sense of the word. And yet through the birth, the beginning of the Gospels here and we're going to read John and Brother Josh read in Luke. But they all are telling us the same story. After that 400 year span, there was this flicker of light that ended that period. And it was the light in the night. That's why I call it that. And it's the birth of our Savior. It's because of today what, what Christmas represents that we have hope that tomorrow can be better. That if I don't like today, it doesn't have to stay that way. I have a hope, but that hope would not exist without the light in the night that came through the baby Jesus. And we celebrate him there and we know we don't, we don't just worship a baby Jesus. He grew up to be a man. He experienced everything you and I have to experience. He clothed himself in humanity so that he could experience what we do, and he died for us. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's not just a cute story. It's not something that, you know, a cute little Disney movie. This is our history. This is what we believe in. This is what we hold on to on the good days and the bad, and we believe that this light in the night is something that we get to possess. Amen? And we get to hold and cherish and believe in and we get to pray to God and, and situations can change. And I'm excited about that. But if you have your Bibles, we're going to begin in John chapter one, verse one. And I, it's going to be a little lengthy. I'll I'll apologize in advance. Uh, we're going to read verses one through 14 together. I couldn't chop it down. It's something we just so if you are able to stand for the reading uh, in reverence to God's word, you can do that now. We understand if you can't. Uh, I know this is a longer stretch than I usually like to read, but I just couldn't leave any out. Let's read this together. Beginning at verse 1, and I've got the New Living Translation. Your, yours might vary just a little bit, but beginning at verse 1, it says this. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. 
and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought to everyone, brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. I'll accept that in the name of Jesus. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. Verse 14 is where we'll end it. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for what this represents. I thank you that regardless of how I feel, I can look at this story and I can glean hope and I can take away some encouragement knowing that you came and paid the ultimate sacrifice for us. We didn't deserve it. We can't earn it, God, even now, but it's been done. You've, you've done it and it's my responsibility now to accept it, to embrace it, to do something with this story now, to make it part of my story, part of my history and to acknowledge that, and for it to influence the way I live my life. God, I just pray right now that you'd be with us in this time, the remaining time that we have together. I pray it'd be more than just cute stories or, or interesting points or tweetable lines. I really pray your presence would be evident here, that as we discuss what I believe you, the message you've given me, I pray the Spirit would pierce through and would speak to the people. I pray if there's an ear to hear, let us hear what the Spirit is speaking to the church. We are ready. We are willing, God. We're going to enjoy the holiday. But God, would you start this holiday by speaking to us this morning? God, I thank you that we can ask this. And I believe you for it in the name of Jesus. And if you agree, just say amen. Amen. You could be seated. I don't mean to come off uh, brazen and, and uh, I don't know, just all uh, worked up, but there's just there's just something special in the air today. It's more than I think even just the fact that it's Christmas. I think that there are some devils that need to be crushed and stomped under your feet this morning. I just have that nudge in that. I don't know. Maybe I'm just, I don't know. I didn't feel necessarily ornery getting up. I felt great. It was Christmas Eve. I just feel like there's some house cleaning that needs to happen. And it's going to be right here, starting and acknowledging God. You, you, like Romans 16.20 says, right, that God is going to, he's going to do it right where I stand. Victory will come where I stand. And I get to claim the hope of Jesus, the light in the night. And I get to say right where I'm standing right now, December 24th, 2023, right here, I get to claim victory. I don't have to wait till 2024. I don't have to wait till tomorrow. I'm believing right now where I stand. Do you receive it? Can we just acknowledge that? Say, God, I receive it right where I'm standing right now. There's victory here. Amen. Amen. I just feel that. And I'm, you just have to work with me here. I'm going to get to the notes. 
I just feel that burden. Because you're going to leave here and you're going to have all these things on your mind that you need to do and stops that you need to make. And I get it. But I want you to remember that because of that light in the night, we get to claim what Romans says. And that says that there's victory right where I stand. He, it says that God wants to crush Satan where you stand. But it's because of that light in the night. Amen. All right, let's get into this. I'm going to go through just a few points here and and we'll have uh, a time of communion. But I want to begin when we read through this, you could you could bite size it and take little points from each. But I love how John here is he's beginning with a re, like an illustration going all the way back to Genesis. Now, I've not been accused, at least not publicly, of, you know, trying to preach the whole Bible, Genesis through Revelation, but I like how John starts with a re uh, a rewording of the beginning of time. There's no greater word that we could even describe God with other than creator. The one who could speak in nothing would come into something. That's how he begins. But what this tells us is in the beginning, there was this eternal light. That's Jesus. And that eternal light came into the world. That in and of itself, if you put the period there, that would be fascinating and, and amazing. The light, the light, this eternal light came into the world, period. That's great. But you've got to add a few things to that line. The eternal light entered the world through you. Now, there's days I don't, believe, I don't feel like I believe it with the way I'm acting. I'll get down in the dumps at times or I'll be like, you came for my neighbor, not for me because I'm ornery today or whatever it is, you know. But I need you to know that you know that that eternal light that was born, Jesus was born for you. That light, I get to claim it. It says even here that we get to claim that we become children of God. But to all who believe, verse 12, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. I'll claim that. I'm a child of God. And I know how I act for my children. And that God even more so acts that way towards me. He's, he's going to step in. And he, he came for me. He was born and suffered a horrible life. I can't imagine. I mean, just picture if Jesus would have decided to come in 2023. At least he'd have a little more uh, creature comforts. He came in, you know, medieval times. And suffered all of what we have to suffer. I can't imagine. The God of the universe. The one who just speaks and things pop up. Decided to clothe himself in humanity. All the suffering that comes with that. All the grief. All the sorrow. All the pain. The heartaches. The, the difficult days. All of that for you. Man. I can't, I can't scoot through Christmas without looking at that and saying thank you Jesus. Later on in John, just a couple of chapters from here, we'll see, and many know it, and they quote it, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right, for you and me. Man, if that's the only scripture you know, that's a great start. I can think back, and my parents always like to bring this up. I love roller coasters now, and I'll ride them with the best of them, but I was not that way as a child. As a child... That was like a death sentence. Don't put me on the roller coaster. Don't you do it now. But they were all adrenaline junkies at the time. And now we've all traded roles. So, you know, we had Cedar Point near us in Michigan, which liked to crush world records with their roller coasters. So they would drag me and, and, and I didn't have a choice. 
because it'd be the four of us. It'd be Zach, I, and my, you know, my parents. And so they can't just leave me, you know. So I had to ride, and I, I knew one verse, John 3, 16. And I bet you by the time we got off that ride, everybody knew it if they didn't beforehand. Because I screamed it, <laughs> screamed it from the top of my lungs. For God so loved the world. I was screaming it. But even if that was all you knew to start with, how powerful it is. Because that's what Christmas is. For God so loved the world that he sent his son for you. Not, ju- not, not just your neighbor. Yeah, he came for my neighbor too. You know, God bless you. Love you. He came for me. I accept that in the name of Jesus. And so you could even look. I, I like verse 5. Not only did he come for you, and not only does he give this light to you, but look in verse 5. The light shines in the darkness. That's, that's him shining in my life. And the darkness can never extinguish it. So not only did he come for you, but he came and he's cleaning house. He's kicking tail. He's taking names. He's, he can't be beat. That's the kind of, uh, of person I want on my side. You're going to come into the situation. I hope you can, you know, back up what you're saying. He came into the world. He saved the world. He brought this eternal life. And he says darkness can't even touch it. It can't extinguish it. And so I don't know if you're going through your night season right now. You might not. And that, and you, if you're not, you have that responsibility to care for those that are. But if you're in that season, you can know that he came for you. But he didn't just come with, with sort of a, a, a weak power. He came in with all power. That we could know that we know that that light can't be extinguished. And that's the light we get to carry. So we're going to continue on. So if you would, just whichever candle's closest to you, would you look at one of these candles that you see? There's some in the windows. Um, I've got a couple here. It looks like they've all stayed, stayed lit for me, which is fantastic. But look at them just very briefly. Here's the thing about the gospel, about this eternal light, and about the light you just saw. See, the thing is, now that you've seen it, just like this little candle, if you looked at the flame, you looked at the light, you can't unsee it. And so here's the the charge for us on Christmas. I know I'm coming in hot and heavy here, but here's the thing. You're a witness to that light now. I can't unsee it. And it's so fascinating to me. They mentioned John the Baptist. And we talked a couple weeks ago about his parents and how that way. John was intended to pave the way for Jesus. But then there are those that are responsible for paving the, the, the road after him. That's you and I. That was even to the disciples. You think about how Peter was, God used him and facilitated him in that setting on the day of Pentecost that he would be the one to preach and thousands would get saved. Somebody had to be a witness to the light and do something with it. Think about it. Will you, will you lean into that and now I'm a witness of the light? Will I carry it everywhere I go? Will, will I be a witness and acknowledge that I am? There's a couple ways you could do this. You could lean into the light or you could lean away. It's like this. I don't mean to nerd out. I used to teach ninth grade earth science, and I would tell them, guys, do you know that in the winter we are closer to the sun than we are at any point in the year? At any point in 365 days of earth's revolution around the sun, it's now that we are the closest to the sun. And I remember kids would be like, what are you talking about, Mr. Kelly? said, the problem is we're closest to the sun, 
But if you look at the tilt, we are leaning away. It's like the northern hemisphere where if the sun is you and, and I'm the northern hemisphere where we are on, on the globe, we're leaning away and we're looking way up there. I'm not getting direct sunlight. You know, maybe the southern hemisphere, my chin, is getting it all. They're experiencing summer. But you see this. I'm, I have a reason for explaining that. See, you can either lean into the light and it can affect your life or you can lean away. And God is saying, look, you are a witness now. It says that you, in verse 12, I already read it, that you have a right to become children, meaning that is, you, that is up to you. You're the one that pulls the trigger on that. You're the one that either leans into the light or you lean away. And the charge this morning is, which are you going to do? See, because it may not be easy. It may not be great. It, I mean, sometimes we're in this season of blessing and it's easy. Man, I'm leaning into the light. This is all you, God. This is all you. But then there's some times where it gets a little sketchy. And I can either choose to stay leaning into the light and believing that this hope, this light that I have cannot be extinguished. Or I could lean away and let that cold winter season set in. And affect my soul and affect my life. You, you seeing where we're going with this. So that second aspect is you're a witness of the light. You can't unsee it. And so now there is a responsibility. The third last point here. The third is that you have the responsibility to carry that light. Yes, that light came into the world and eternal light came for you. And yes, you're a witness of it, but now you and I have a responsibility to do something with that light and to actually carry it everywhere I go. I'm going to read 2 Corinthians. Uh, if you want to write that down for later, I would encourage you to do that. You don't have to turn there now because I'm, I'm not going to wait. I'm going to jump right in. But 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, it says this. It says, you see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. I like this. He's saying you possess the light. I have the responsibility now to carry it where I go. That means everywhere and anywhere. I've told you these jokes before, but it's like, you know, why is it you have the worst customer service when you're wearing a church or you're wearing a shirt with a church logo or a Christian phrase, right? I'm supposed to carry the light everywhere I go, right? People are ornery as mess at the store because they waited the last minute. We were talking about that with some friends earlier. You know, they're ornery as mess because they waited too long to do their Christmas shopping. I'm supposed to be the light. I'm supposed to carry the light there. I'm supposed to reflect Jesus onto them. And the only time I saw Jesus have a bad attitude is when people were misconstruing and they were perverting the church and perverting the, the sacred places. That's where I see Jesus get an attitude. I don't see him getting an attitude when people are all out sinning. He's out there being the light to them. Why do we expect the sinner not to sin? 
Jesus didn't. He just shows up and he was the light. And he showed them it doesn't have to be this way. You can turn to me. You could live a different life. He just showed them with his life. And we are to do the same. We are to carry that light. That's what we need to remember this Christmas season. This will be the last illustration that I have. But I think about this. You know, I've, I've mentioned the, the Dun Irwin Trail. I love it. I was, you know, this past Thursday was winter solstice. If you don't know what that is, that's the shortest day of the year as far as daylight goes. We had the least amount of daylight that we'll have the entire year on winter solstice. That was Thursday. And so I made this special kind of effort that I wanted to do my run that day to utilize the daylight uh, just because I felt like that would be ironic. The, the shortest day I was able to squeeze in time to make the run. But on this trail, there's some parts that are beautiful. And I love it. And I feel totally safe. I could walk with my family uh, unarmed and feel safe. But then there's parts that are sketchy. Kind of, hmm. You, you know how that goes. And how it used to be a year or two back when, when I would run it more frequently, for whatever reason, I would always end up running it at night. You know, with, after a busy day of work and then, you know, making sure I eat dinner with the family and then I wait long enough so I don't get sick, it always seemed to be dark. And I would run the trail at night. And Eleni didn't necessarily like it. There's this one particular section that is extremely dark. It's right as you pass the, the, the overpass of 421. It's all wooded. It's really dark, really kind of sketchy. And that was, that was the spot. Like I needed to go another like half mile into that to meet my mile marker. But I'm saying this because I would carry a flashlight. I carry some other stuff, too. You don't have to worry. I had pepper spray for the dogs, so you know, and I had a, a 9 millimeter for, for, for the big dogs, you know, the adults. Uh, so I was okay. But, but the most handy tool that I had, I never had to use those two, praise God. The, the tool I used most was a flashlight. And I remember thinking all the time, running through that section. See, I would use the flashlight so people would see me when I crossed, like, any of the streets that you have to cross. I didn't want to get hit by a car. Hey, I'm here. You know, I mean, I see you, but I want you to see me. But I remember going through those dark sections. There were times where I was like, man, I don't want the flashlight on. I want to blend in. I don't want to be a target. I like blending right in. It's dark. And that means if I can't see you, you can't see me. Let's just run. I mean, there were times where uh, one time deer came out. I remember all kinds of different animals. It was cool. But then I knew that for all the cool things that could come out, there was a whole lot of not cool things that could pop out. And I thought, why don't I just blend into the darkness here? We we keep my flashlight off. And I got to thinking that that is the temptation for you and I this Christmas season. You have a light, an eternal light that you carry. And it's so easy at times for us to kind of just hide that and blend in for a minute when we're on that sketchy stretch of road or whatever it is in life. But our obligation is to, is to know that there's power in that light. I'll carry it. It might make me a target in some circles. It will. But I, I go back to what it says in John, that nobody can extinguish that light, and I'm the one carrying it, which means that nobody can take this out then. If, God doesn't, if it's not in God's will, then I'm all right. I'm going to get out. I'm going to make it. Amen? And so through all of this, I would just ask, all of this, the reason I say all of that is, is the light of Christ evident in your life? That's the question.
man, I'm so excited that we get to celebrate together. I love it. But I have to reflect even on myself and, and, and ask, am I, am I truly carrying that light? Is it evident in everything I do? And there's some areas I look and I, I'll say to God, I'm sorry, I need to do better. And there's somewhere I can feel like I, I represented you well, God. Well, we all need to have that moment of self-reflection. I, I heard somebody say something about, you know, they don't, people don't care about you keeping Christ in Christmas because you can't keep Christ in Christian. Yeah. When I heard that, I was like, ooh, yeah, that's, that, that's a punch. So why don't we do this this season and all through the year, why don't we keep Christ in Christian? And then when it comes time for Christmas, there's plenty of room for Jesus in it. Amen? That's what I, I'm, I'm going to strive for. I'm believing in. If you want a New, new Year's resolution, I'm, I don't necessarily do that. I do goals and I set things for myself in the next year. But if you want one, why don't you just do that? Keep Christ in Christian. Keep that light and make it evident in your life, everything you do, the way you interact, the things that you say. Amen. Let's pray together and we're going to transition and take up communion. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this time. I thank you for my church family. I thank you for the story, our history. I'm claiming it. I will claim that right to be a child of God. I claim that this is a part of my story, my history, and I'm thankful for it. Thank you, God. Help me to do better in carrying that light, not being afraid of being a target, God, because I know you've got my back. Nobody can put this light out because it comes from you. Give us all that encouragement and strength this season. God, we thank you and praise you in the name.